This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Monday, July the 18th, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour brought to you weekly, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Arizona time. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. It's as easy as giving us a call at one 800 951 The lovely Wendy's here today to take your phone calls, walk you through your order. Or you can go check us out online at allamericangold.com. It's as easy as point and click. Look at the product, choose to buy the product, click. It's that simple. Now, this show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group, its owner, and the owner's on vacation. So it is my pleasure to bring you the original owner. His name's Eric Peterson. Hey, man, how are you on this Monday? Homer Lopez, a great day to be alive. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. You can reach us at one 800 You can also head out to allamericangold.com. Homer talked about that. Yeah, now, Joe is on vacation. He's out floating in the middle of the Pacific. i got to tell you that uh, it's probably a good spot for him. But uh, the difference between Joe and I, that uh, Joe's on a cruise with his family and his mom, they call it... What do they call it? The Mexican Riviera. You go something like that, where you go through San Diego up. Yeah, you just go out there. And yeah, I flew up uh, his age. Here's the difference between Joe and I. I flew up to Alaska and fished on a commercial salmon boat. <laughs> that was your vacation this summer. That was my vacation when I was about his age. I wanted to know what it was like. I was fascinated by the uh, deadliest catch, and uh, I just how wanted... was it? How was that trip for you? I went up, yarded in uh, salmon. Worked on a small commission, a uh, small commercial fishing trawler. A friend of mine, customer here at Patriot Trading Group, invited me. Then I got to tell you, I was at the airport in Seattle waiting to catch a flight to Sitka, Southeast Alaska, and I told a guy what I was doing, and he goes, nah. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> he goes, uh, I said, no, nah, I'm just going to do this little commercial fishing with a hand roller. He goes, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to be a deckhand. <laughs> <laughs> Laborer. So I got to do that. But I'm glad to be sitting in here with Lance Corporal Lopez. Now, you're yeah. not, you're never an ex-Marine, are you? Once a Marine, always a Marine. Oh, so you're a former? Former. Is that I the guess. correct? Well, there's not this, I mean, Just a Marine. Just a Marine. I mean, my brother had a sticker on his motorhome said, not as lean. Not as mean, but still a marine. I love it. That's awesome. You fall, like you that. fall into that. Oh, one? sure, sure. <laughs> you per- know what? We didn't. We don't go through. Let me just tell you one thing. I think the 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 army, the navy, the air force, their boot camp may be five to six weeks. When I went through the Marine Corps boot camp, we were twelve to fourteen. I'm you- trying, it is twice as long. It is twice as grueling. And the, and I'm here to tell you. I went from 220 pounds. I came home. I was 165. Oh yeah, you guys come back out of boot camp. You guys were crazy. Just, just, just uh, I mean, I was really now. What year was did you go to boot camp? 85. 85. 85. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But I, what I will tell you is this: there's two of them. There's two places you can go to boot camp for the Marine Corps. One is uh, Paris Island in North Carolina, and the other one is Hollywood, San Diego. MCRD. MCRD. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Marine Corps Hollywood there. And uh, I, 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 I got lucky. I, I, I like the weather. I think I was happier 
than I would have been in North Carolina. Um, in fact, I have stories from other friends that said, oh, yeah, the gnats, the bugs, everything is just way worse over there. Um, and San Diego San Boot Diego. Camp, they issue suntan lotion. You know what? I don't, yeah, they actually have to give you, you know, some sunscreen there. So, yes. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, see, that's interesting. I know my brother was in in 1970 in a little bit different set of circumstances back then. But history doesn't repeat itself, ladies and Germans. I think for the second time in our lifetime, we're going to see the Cuyahoga River catch on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the Randy Newman song? You probably don't. The the movie Major League. Man, the only Randy Newman song that I know of is uh, Short People. Short People? Well, you're not one of those. Uh, There you go. But uh, no, Randy Newman's song, Burn On, about the Cuyahoga River catching on fire. Of course, that was industrial waste. But that song was actually in the movie Major League. Remember that? I, I you know, So well, when the Cleveland Indians. Major so, League, that's how right. About that? So I don't know. If you've never heard it, I'm sure I just Ramon will Joe play Boo, it, Joe Boo putting a curse on the ball. <laughs> One of the best lines ever. Are you because I wouldn't leave that rum laying around here with this crowd. <laughs> hey, it's Monday. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour. Thanks for tuning in. Uh any other place on the dial, anywhere you turn up and down today, just about every news outlet, every media source, every blogger, everybody that you can possibly imagine with any type of venue to espouse his opinion is in Cleveland right now, and they're all wondering what's going to happen in the RNC. Is it going to turn into a, uh, well, for lack of better words, a, a massive free-for-all outside? The uh, Some of the things that are being addressed, the uh, former or I think current president of the police union in Cleveland, Loomis, was trying to call for everybody to be disarmed. In other words, the open carry policy, they didn't want them to be able out out in front of the Coliseum or whatever the, 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 the venue carrying weapons, and I disagree. I mean, the Black Panther said they're coming and they're carrying weapons, and I believe if you told them that there, no one else would have weapons, I believe it would attract more terrorists. And I think everybody carrying weapons will keep everybody in line. But the Republican Party, get this, even though Cleveland, you're allowed to do it, is not allowing any weapons inside the arena. I find that quite interesting, don't you? Well, my guess is uh, if you're a card-carrying I can uh, concealed weapon permit, you can't. I don't. But think. if you're security, you've got to have weapons. Well, I would assume so. But uh, I mean, but you know, how are they reporting that news right there? You know, with all the current events that are going on right now, uh, Dallas, Texas, the shooting there, nice France, the 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 tragedies there, Baton Rouge yesterday. What is it that a person can stand on a platform and present today at the national convention that is going to be the priority to be uh, spoken of? Well, I find it interesting that tonight's message is, what, keep make America safe again? Is that it? Is that tonight? I think it is. Make America safe. Not rich, not wealthy, not healthy, but rich, or but safe. So, and they're going to do that without allowing any weapons in. So it should be an interesting night. May you live in interesting times. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour, rocking and Byron on a Monday morning. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back. There's an oil bar's waning down the Cuyahoga River, rolling 
into Cleveland to the lake. Ramon, you're just too good. The way you get that music up, man. Ramon, Ramon's awesome. Now, you know what? That's probably the only show that's... No, eh, someone's going to be smart enough to play it with everything going on in Cleveland this week. But burn on Big River. I hope we don't see that baby catch on fire again. So 1-800-951-0592. Homer handed me this. Uh, I was talking about uh, having a commercial deckhand license and going up to Alaska. And somebody had sent this in here. Mr. Dunbar looks like... Uh, about the uh, fishing, the condition of fishing in, in Alaska. Well, I think he's one of our loyal listeners, and, and Mr. Dunbar did uh, said, hey, maybe Eric would like to take a look at this. I'm glad he sent this in. Red salmon are beginning to hit Bristol Bay and across the state. Thousands of fishermen are mending nets, hiring crew, and preparing to harvest the bounty from Alaska waters and the seas beyond. But today, the average age of the commercial fishery permit holder in Alaska is 50, up from 40. Just in 1980. Think about that. And I'm glad I'm going to bring this up because this is kind of going to ring through today's entire message as we watch the Republican convention that uh, is going to be based on bringing back America, making America what it used to be. And the reason that now that the average permit holder is 50 rather than 40 is because the young kids, because of the cost of boats, nets, permits, uh, government uh, intervention, Housing when you're up there, fuel. They can't afford to get in. Little by little, it's being taken over by corporations, obviously. But, you know, for a young entrepreneur in this country to go start and start from the bottom, as I did with this company, as I started in this industry, I started at the bottom. Donald Trump and I have a lot in common, except my dad didn't give me millions of dollars. (laughs) Well, the only thing that we don't have in common, other than that, I believe in let's bring this country back, let's put people back to work. Let's see if we can make things in America again. Let's protect our markets. Let's protect our borders. Let's use common sense in trade deals. Did you watch him? Did you have to catch him in the uh, vice presidential nominee uh, on 60 Minutes last night? I did not. I watched it, so I thought it was rather good. But every time he speaks, I think it's good. But, of course, the uh, the, the the nominee... Um, Pence from Indiana? Pence voted on all the uh, free trade bills. So it's, it's and they brought that up. Well, you know, you voted yes on all free trade, and it's free trade. I mean, I was the only one sitting here. I used to tell friends and people and my acquaintances. I was doing the radio program here when they put Mickey Canner and Madeline Albright and the Naftomatics, I called them, and they started putting in NAFTA and how we were going to have Macleodores and everything was going to go down to Mexico. And I said, well, once they go to Mexico and they realize they can get the labor out of here, then they're going to take it to whoever the lowest bidder is. No, that'll never happen. It's all going to be manufactured here in North America, and then we're going to sell them all our stuff. So, of course, NAFTA only lasted a you know, a minuscule second, and it went straight to GATT. And then when GATT came in, that was it. Everything went to China. Our industrial uh, population, all our uh, patents, all our intellectual properties, everything just went. But no, still, nobody cared. You could talk to, you were blue in the face. I did these programs. I looked at people that were coming. They're going, no, but everything's going to be cheaper. And I'm listen. We can't build a society that just buys things. Somebody has to build something. Henry Ford knew it. Henry Ford knew to pay people. Actually, hire them and pay them, and guess what? They can buy what they're building. That got thrown out in the garbage. Guess what this message is going to be this week? And, of course, I was watching, and the, the points that are out there now, Donald Trump's message in Cleveland of bringing back factories to Cleveland. 
and putting back Ohio back to work. This is the message that he wants to bring forth. Great message. Except they say it won't work. They say his message is outdated, the Trump haters. The message is outdated because Cleveland, get this, and you can look this up this morning on the newswires, the uh, liberals are saying, well, forget Donald Trump bringing back factories. Nobody wants the factories back. Cleveland is now a foodie town. Yeah? Foodie. F-O-O-D-I-E. You know, like food? You like food, right. Restaurants. Foodie. Oh, and the restaurants are doing well. Well, we're all just getting fat and happy, aren't we? This is our new society, ladies and Germans. This is the new business model for Cleveland. Just open restaurants. Well, really? If you go back to our industrial... uh, When the Cuyahoga River caught on fire, when we hit our industrial peak, when Ohio was making everything, everything made in Detroit, Ohio, everywhere across this country was running, people were working. And let me tell you, these jobs were not easy jobs, but they paid well. You realize that at, that 20, 25% of Cleveland's economy in the 70s was manufacturing. Now it's less than 8%. What is everyone doing? Well, think about this. Well, are they all bankers? It's a foodie town. It's a foodie town? They're all chefs? How are they paying for that food? Well, get this. Why? When 25% of the... 25% of the population was working as a factory worker in one capacity or another. Only 3% of the public was on public assistance. Today, manufacturing makes up less than 8%. What percentage of Cleveland do you think is on public assistance? Some form of subsidy, I'm going to yeah. say in the 40%? 57%. In Cleveland alone? In Cleveland. It's tied to the government. So it was 3% when you had 25% uh, factories... Now, think about this. Every, uh, every election through my lifetime, the Ohio numbers, the electorate, matter so much. Where do you think that 57% at? Are well, they sure. in the polls? Hey, keep giving it to me for free. They're going to let them vote. shouldn't be able to vote. If you get a government check, you should not be allowed to vote. What I mean is a welfare check. One in three, actually one in 2.7 in the entire state of Ohio. Now, I'm not talking food stamps, and I'm not talking about government checks or, or crazy loony money for not working, a friend of mine used to call it, or uh, disability or any of that. Just welfare, one in 2.75 in the entire state of Ohio is on welfare. I brought this in this morning. Homer didn't know where we were going, and I didn't know what we were doing, and Joe's gone, and I told him that I'd sit in and try to do a show a few times this week, and... You know, Joe. And we're happy to have you here. Thank you. First off, I want you to know that. Well, you know, if you th- when I think America, and I think our industrial peak, I think automobiles and steel mills. That's what I, the the picture that I get in my head. And of course, in 1973, I was 14 years old. But in the late 70s, you could still I knew lots of guys that I'm not going to college. I'm going to go to work. And they went to oil fields and they went to factories and they got in their cars and they left. Because when you turned 18, you left. So you either went to college or you got a job, and that's how it was in this country. Now, Donald Trump wants to put everybody back to work, and he wants to bring the factories back. This is on page 80 of the this month's Classic Car magazine. It's called I Was There, and I thought this was great. And I'm just going to read it, so bear with me. But I think this is, if you want to bring the, I want you to, to uh, in your mind right now, picture the average millennial, all right, who's going to go to work for General Motors now. Okay, he's playing Pokemon Go today. There you go. Okay, by the way, they invented Pokemon Go 
so people with Teslas would have something to do while they're walking home when their electric charge runs out. You can, <laughs> so when you're walking, you can uh, you know, play Pokemon and go back home. I was there. I was hired at the General Motors assembly plant in Framingham, Massachusetts on Halloween 1972 as a line worker in the body shop for the second shift. The plant built mid-sized Buicks, Oldsmobiles, and Pontiacs. My introduction to the assembly line was to be placed into a five-foot-deep pit with a huge spot welder and a pneumatic body sealer gun. I had to apply the body sealer to the quarter panel lip, clamp on an outer wheelhouse, and then maneuver the spot welder to apply between 20 to 25 spot welds. The spot welder threw sparks everywhere, and despite wearing every type of protective coveralls and gloves, I was burned on almost every car. The line moved at 60 cars per hour, and I was to perform my duties on every station wagon and four-door car. The work was extremely hard physically, and it was very hot and noisy. The smells of the factory were a mixture of rubber, paint, oil, smoke, and some others I could not identify. I couldn't leave my post unless the utility man came and relieved me. The line was merciless, and it was 60 cars per hour no matter what. I spent the first week on the spot welding job before I was moved to the door hanging area, and the turnover for the jobs was high, with some people only lasting hours and then walking out. In the UAW, the lowest seniority workers received the hardest jobs. As you grew in seniority, the jobs got better, and you could move from second shift to the first. The pay was awesome at $7 per hour. By the way, they're saying that's, that's equivalent to $40 an hour today. There was plenty of overtime as well, and it was a factory job that afforded a nice middle-class lifestyle, and I was single and living, living high on the hog with minimal bills to pay, and I was cash rich. In the door-hanging area, I was responsible for hanging rear doors on all four-door cars and front doors on two-door models, and the front doors were really heavy, weighing about 70 pounds. My station had a pneumatic air wrench and a door-hanging fixture attached to the ceiling and spring-loaded cables and an alignment jig. And as the cars came down the line, I would attach the door-hanging fixture to the car with the clamps. A three-pound hammer was used to adjust the hinges so the door had alignment to the body, and you had to be very careful as the raw body was full of very sharp seams and edges. Even with coveralls, you could get a nasty cut or gash. One night I found out exactly how sharp the edges could be as a large cut across my right bicep. And it needed some stitches, so I ended up in the infirmary where the General Motors doctor stitched me up. If you were injured, you were placed on light duty somewhere in the plant until you were cleared to return to your normal job. I ended up in the water test first. And my job was to sit inside the car while it went through a series of high-pressure water nozzles looking for leaks. I did that for a few days and then went to the drive-off area, and I drove the new cars from the end of the assembly line to the transport area about a quarter mile away. It was great to get a hot car like a 442 GTO or Buick GS with a four-speed. I returned to my normal job in the door-hanging area and worked there until early 1974. The first gas crisis was in full swing, and the entire second shift was laid off due to slowing car sales. I remember walking out that night, and the UAW shop steward was at the door telling us, don't worry, that we'll all be called to back to work soon and to stay near the phone. That phone call never came, and the Framingham plant, which opened in 1947, would finally close down in 1989 after producing millions of cars. The facility is now the location of an automobile truck and boat warehouse and live auction site. The company claims the facility is the largest indoor auction house in the world, capable of housing 10,000 autos and 4,000 people. 
But the experience propelled me to go to college and to pursue a white-collar occupation. But in my opinion, anyone who can last 30 years on assembly line deserves a great pension. And there are none of those jobs left to speak of anymore. I just thought that was interesting. And that is the jobs that Donald Trump wants to bring back today. When, when's the last time you heard of somebody going that route to through their career? I Think about that. You could, you could buy a home, raise a family, send your kids to college. And you know what? They could come back even with a college degree, start on the line, and work their way up to management. You know, an interesting thing you brought up earlier was about the fishing job. When I was home for, in Idaho over the, uh, for my class reunion, the farming job, becoming a young adult farmer. I mean, it gets passed on or it doesn't, but it costs so much. I mean, a combine is $400,000. A cultivator to cultivate the land, the machines that they use today, Two hundred. How does a young farmer become a young farmer in today's work, workplace, in, in today's world? Well, that's why they invented the commodities exchanges. Otherwise, an ear of corn should be about 88 bucks right now. Well, if you base all that, wages. Uh, but again, this is why we have free trade agreements in third world countries and all our uh, produce comes up from South America. I mean, this, this is how they've done it. But also, let's not forget the commodities exchange, you know, where they trade gold, silver, orange juice, hogs. Cattle futures, soybeans, tomatoes. <laughs> They're able to control the, 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 the costs and be able to hedge them as well there. so Outstanding. Well, let, let me just tell you this. What a great, what a great segue to talk about the Patriot Preferred Metals Program. Listen, if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't seen it, go to the website, allamericangold.com. There's a button off to the right. It simply says Patriot Preferred Metals Program. It is a great opportunity, truly a one-of-a-kind program that allows you to protect your money. What, is it, it, what does it do now? Well, what it does is it helps you prepare for the future. It helps you become part of a group that is buying gold and silver. And, you know, the person at the head, the person who is putting this portfolio together is Joe, the owner of the company now. He is the one putting together these programs. There's no setup fees. There's no cancellation fees. And you can invest as much as $100 a month. The other day I had somebody at $2,000 a month. Some people are building big portfolios. Others are doing what they can afford to put some hard assets aside. The difference between this and your typical stock, your typical paper money, is guess what? You're holding on to the product yourself. Hey, it's the Patriot Radio News Hour. Come join us after halftime. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in a the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You'd know it's me when I come through your town. I'm gonna ride around in style I'm gonna drive everybody wild Cause I'll have the only one there is around Yeah, Johnny Cash playing your greatest hits here on the Patriot Radio News Hour one piece at a time. I love that. The Psycho Philly Cadillac. I don't know if you ever saw it. They actually made one. It had 
two headlights on one side and one on the other. And he it's in one of his music videos. Is that right? And he says when he pulled out the switch, all three came on. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Ramon just pulling out the hits, man? He's I like amazing. that. Hey, this is America way it used to be. My sister, Laura Bridwell, she's listening. It's a great info on Cleveland. It, uh, it's amazing what's happened to this country. So I read you the, the, you know, the story of what it was like to be a UAW worker. You know, imagine taking a kid who's never done nothing but, you know, text and Facebook and dropping him in a pit. That's what they used to do. Hey, you want to be a UAW worker? Here you go. Forty bucks an hour. Forty bucks an hour, kid. Get in the pit. What's a spot welder? They don't teach it. We're talking about that. No, no, no. Schools aren't teaching. I don't even think schools have shop Auto shops anymore. gone. You can learn that at Chaparral High School right here in town. Scottsdale City School District. You can't learn it no more. Can't do it I'll anymore. I bet they got some Votech thing only for criminals. I, probably, right. Probably, I, I know this that, uh, I, and I don't remember where he comes from. I think it's World's Dirtiest Job, Mike Rowe. I don't know if you've ever listened to him speak, but one thing I'll tell you is he is such an advocate for bringing back the tradesman. Well, he's a Ford spokesman. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. I did not know he was a Ford. He does those commercials. All those, mar- those, those are his voice. So. Man, I'll just tell you the thing that I look at with these trade type positions is. None of these kids want them. And I'm here to tell you, it's because what's funny is these kids are on so many drugs by the time they're because they have some type of anxiety or another. I'm telling you right now, we we have an angry society out there. I don't think you've seen anything yet. Exactly. I'm not kidding you. The Cuyahoga River's got a 50-50 chance of lighting on fire by Friday. The entire town of Cleveland. I don't think people understand that. Now, of course... President Obama has asked guys like me to tone down the rhetoric, tone it down, the media and politicians. Actually, here's his, his words, inflammatory rhetoric. Now, let me ask you something. Inflammatory rhetoric. If you're a Black Lives Matter, you're allowed to come on any media outlet right now and make any statement you want. And if you want to go downtown and protest and stop traffic, that's not inflammatory rhetoric. This is. This is, don't say anything. It's a one-sided version you're getting from the media. Well, the president, you know, has done all he can to stir this pot. He's the one creating division. I, I don't think there. people are quite ready for where we're really at today. I mean, the, my wife and I were driving back from Prescott yesterday, and we looked, in the, and the, the flags are at half-mast. Why? Can't answer it. Well, pick, pick a disaster Friday or Saturday. Just pick one. Which event are they down for? Right. right. Which event? There's, there are daily now. They're just going to leave the flags at half-mast for the rest of our lives. This is all coming to a head. Don't kid yourself, ladies and gentlemen. There are symptoms, and there's all you can point at a million different things, whether you want to call it radical Islam or race riots or civil wars or call it anything you want, but it comes down to something that I've been discussing right here on this program in the same slot for over two decades, and I've called it the socioeconomic destruction of America. And it's come full swing. If you were working, holding a welder right now in Cleveland, Ohio, making $40 an hour or getting burned, you wouldn't have any thoughts about driving a truck through a crowded uh, mall or out where you're shooting policemen because you're too busy working. There isn't anything for these kids to do. And you can thank Wall Street. You can thank every senator that's been there. You can thank John McCain all the way down the line. They all sat here while all this went on, and they all want to be reelected. And they've done nothing as we've taken what made this country great and gave it away. 
Now you're going to have Donald Trump, that wants to bring some of it back. He understands the value of a buck. He understands what it's like trying to run a company in this society. And, I mean, he's got a better shot of doing it than anybody. I don't think it can be done. I think we've hit the point of no return. And the only thing left now is to clean up the pieces from the daily wars that we're going to get for the rest of our days until ultimately everything just comes to a screeching halt. 1-800-951-0592. This is why they don't let me do radio every day anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you, I think you've got people going, man, I miss him. I miss him. I miss his minute. Hey, a quick look at the market. Just so you know, gold sitting at 1329 Silver was below, was down below uh, 19, 1974. It moved back up to $20.20. Moving day, that's just a quick look at the market. That's How about the Dow? Do. What's the Dow? 18.5? You're talking about way just absolutely oblivious to any of this. I mean, the, the terrorism is good for business, apparently. The, uh, the social unrest, good for business. It's at the Wall Street's absolutely oblivious to what's going on, because why? Well, a computer doesn't know the difference. Well, I'm impressed. You didn't even have it in front of you. The Dow, 18.5. 18.5. Yeah, I looked at it this morning. By the way, for you people keeping score at home, that's 16 years too late. Isn't it, though? Don't you forget, the Dow, Dow was supposed to be 28000 at the millennium. This was based on pension funds. This is what their base of return of the 70s and 80s were. Well, now you've got people and everybody, you've got all these wars that are starting, with, whether real or, or brought up or whether manufactured by the president or the medium. But what it is is now the cops are against all the African-Americans in this country. If you're, that's all you hear everywhere. And the Black Lives Matter and the, and the wicked police officers and how mean they are. I'm here to tell you that there are towns in California that hate the police officers and the firemen. Not because they're racist, because their pensions are draining the city. You understand that? We did that story here years ago. They can't afford to pay the cops that aren't working in the firemen, let alone the ones that are. So again, this is a socioeconomic problem in this country. And it was you know, set up by the guys at the top and all the guys that are still there. Do you think it was China's idea to go, I'll tell you what, we're going to give you rolling sporting goods. We're going to give you Buick. We're going to give you Sony. We're going to give you all the, just about anything that you could think of here that was in America and being built. We're going to give it to you, China. You're going to, make, you're going to take communist labor, move them out of the rice paddies and build factories, and you're going to ship it all back here. Do you think that was their idea? No. It was our senators, the ones that are still sitting there, because it was Wall Street that petitioned or lobbied the senators, and they put the laws into place, and they passed all the free trade agreements. It wasn't the communists. We did it. We always, I've always said that we're going to want it back. Do you think we want it back? I think they're making the people, the, 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 the citizenry is making a lot of noise right now. You think they want I, it back? They may want it back, but do you think they're willing to work for it or take it? Yeah, take it back. I don't think they'd know what to do with it if they got it back. I don't, they? I don't think, again, I wanted to read the article. You're going to hand a spot welder to a 21-year-old kid today, all right, who's never done anything, never owned a car, he's lived in his basement, never done anything except play video games. Now, granted, some kids will pick up the bit and go with it, but most of them won't. So I don't know. What are we going to do? Bring in now. We have to bring in more illegals to run the spot welders in, you know, Framingham, Massachusetts. I don't get it. I don't get any of this. I don't know if you can fix it. I really don't. So, so you may just witness the dollar crash. It turns into a third world country. The uh, reverse interest rates, everything. It's all coming. 
unless we can get control of this. And I believe this is you are at you are at the final eleventh hour, ladies and gentlemen, for this country. They either put it all back, put the genie back in the bottle, or the whole thing goes down. Patriot Radio News Hour. Stay with us. We'll be back. of reason in a world gone mad the patriot radio news hour the blind leads the stupid they let me come in and do this while joe's on vacation let's face it everybody is entitled to my opinion i'm eric cedarstrom you got to be careful what you say i guess you know i pretty much have taken a few shots at things throughout the years and i've been kicked off a radio station or two apparently though if you make a derogatory remark about hillary clinton the united pilot did and got suspended united airlines pilot for making a derogatory remark against Hillary, who is uh, not a president. She's not the president. She's no longer Secretary of State. Yeah, it seems to me she'd be open game, but apparently you can't do that anymore because, again, the president, no inflammatory rhetoric. But, again, if the uh, liberals continue to... Uh, if we have six, eight, we get eight more years or even four more years of the current setup for the administration... These radio programs will no longer exist. This program will not make it four years under a uh, one more uh, liberal regime. They'll just shut them down. So, and they're they're so close. Let me let me just remind some of you people that, especially if you're you know new to all this, that pre nine eleven, Hillary Clinton there and Bill Clinton, their administration's biggest worry was the vast right wing conspiracy. Her words, not mine. Hillary Clinton used the words, vast, right-wing conspiracy. And, of course, those were the people that actually had guns and Bibles. That is their biggest fear, right up until 9-11. And that changed. The word patriot was on its way out. The word patriot was a bad, bad word, according to Hillary Clinton. Of if you were part of the vast right-wing conspiracy. And, of course, Obama reiterated that when they did the audits for anybody who had, which I got one, an audit for anybody who had a patriot in their company name or Republic or Freedom or Tea Party or any of that. For that, you got a nice little five-year lifestyle audit, which cost me a year and a half to go through, and about $30,000. Thank it, you for that. Isn't it interesting? And those are the same people that can't say the word uh, uh, radical. You really want to put these people back in office? You really think that if that happens, there will be no Patriot Radio News Hour when the sun sets on that administration. It's coming. All right, listen to the president. Listen to the president saying, oh, I don't want to hear any inflammatory rhetoric. Watch what you say. United Airlines pilot makes a derogatory remark against Hillary Clinton. He loses, well, he didn't lose his job, but I mean, here's a guy flying a guy flying a plane to be able to think anything he wants. You can't say anything, you know. So now, without the, you need the first and the second amendments. You got to have them both, that you know, for them to work. One defends the other, you know. It, they absolutely do. Right. So, and I'll tell you that, you know. Thank you for your service to this country, and you know, you're uh, Lance Corporal Homer <laughs> Lopez. <laughs> I saw an article about uh, this. Is what I think people really don't understand. I, I wanted to point this out about what we do here and why and what, how the metals industry works. You know, they talk about metals in, in, as a group, and industrial metals have been strong. They're starting to take off again. Industrial metals are iron ore, steel, aluminum, zinc, copper. Now, granted, copper is a, is a quasi-monetary metal because we used to make copper pennies. Right. And remember that 
Dick Van Patten with his miracle shears in the 80s, you know, and he'd cut the penny in half. Trust me, those were not copper pennies. <laughs> yeah, there's just no way you're going through a copper no, pen now. No, you're not going to do that. Okay. The zinc or whatever they make them with now. You know, every time I drop a coin and uh, hear it hit the ground, you know, and it goes... <laughs> they, they don't go, ting, ping, 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 silver, silver. Again, I still consider silver an industrial metal, but again, uh, monetary metal, yes, you know, because of silver dollars. And of course, they uh, there was they never recalled silver as they did gold. Gold's a monetary metal. So, and, and today's financial um, analysts like to pool all those together. They like to put copper. Silver, aluminum, zinc, iron, gold. They have to put it all in. But gold, gold is a monetary metal. Now, granted, it could have an industrial application with wire and gold circuitry. And, and even you could even go that far and say platinum as well. Platinum, again, is now a monetary metal because they did make a platinum coin, a platinum $100 gold piece here in America. The U.S. Mint did make it. But gold, I don't think anyone will question gold's biggest um, job is as a monetary metal, people use it. I mean, it, we used to be laughed at, joked at. When gold was 200 and something an ounce, when I opened this company, people were like, well, what, why do people buy gold? I go, people buy gold because they put it away because it's real and it's tangible and it won't go to zero. And they laugh. Gold will not go to zero. People laughed at that premise. Trust me, after the dot-com and 9-11 and everything, they quit laughing because many of their investments went to zero. And I've had people say for years, going, well, you know, you can't eat gold, and gold isn't going to retain value forever, and it it doesn't have that. I, my my biggest argument against all that is if you can go out, get a college degree, and get a job, probably a government job with a college degree, that's all that's out there anymore, and find a woman who you're madly in love with. Find the love of your life. And if you can get her to wrap a mutual fund receipt around her left ring finger... <laughs> You will no longer have gold as a monetary metal. That's just my opinion, but uh, let's face it, I like Tomain. one 800 592 Which is it? Is sovereignty or globalism better for the economy, Homer? Which one is it? Because apparently a month ago when Brexit, you know, when England became back a sovereign monetary entity, that it was supposed to crash Wall Street because, as we all know, according to all the senators and politicians and bankers, that we need globalism. Well, obviously globalism, that's not, I mean, what, numbers are numbers. How's the stock market doing? So which one is it? So Wall Street sets records after Brexit. You don't think sovereignty is good for a country. You know, if you study here in America and you study when Nixon said, well, free trade's okay, you can have things made elsewhere just as long as we buy everything that's here. You know, I mean, everything has to be bought in here and manufactured here is fine. And then if you give everything else away, that's fine as well. But what's here has to stay here, and you've got to buy it here. None of that worked. Is there a police state coming? Sure looks like it, doesn't it? Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment. Lance Corporal Lopez and I... Eric Schiederstrom, former CEO, shipping clerk, and janitor, will uh, have one more segment with you on this Monday. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back. It's the Patriot Radio News, our final segment. And you know what? Never going to let you down. Joe leaves the show. Uncle Eric steps in. Eric Schiederstrom, thank you so much 
for coming in and sharing your insight to what's going on out there. You had that deer in the headline look this morning, you know. Yeah, yeah radio, listen, it's easy with two people. It's not easy to do it with one. I'm going to tell you, I've so. done it by myself a few times over the last few years, a couple of years, and I'm just telling you, I appreciate you so much being here. Well, I think you need also to pay attention across the pond, a little country called Turkey, resting 6,000 people, declaring martial law. Some think that the coup was a put-up attempt by, uh, was it Erdogan, is that his name? He vows death for those people, so that be interesting. The police state definitely coming in over there. Walmart's $10 an hour is starting to come to fruition. You know, the people there, to get it, you had to go through a six-month grueling training. And I'm not sure what it entails, I mean, but, uh, I mean, six months at Walmart, what could it possibly take six months so you can get to get to the $10 an hour uh, pay level? And, uh, again, their stock's at an all-time high. So, again, the paying people real wages, ladies and gentlemen, and having the economy collapse, $10 an hour, though, come on, you could make 7 You could make $7 an hour in 1973. Stop. Spot welding Chevys. Something to think about, though. Uh, Walmart has a high turnover rate. If you make it to six months, then you get ten dollars an hour. My goal was to be a greeter. <laughs> that's nobody's goal. No, that's not it. So I can say, "Welcome to Walmart. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, this is a Wendy special. Wendy, it's not Wendy outside. Wendy, the lovely Wendy, office manager, Wendy, Wendy who's been at this company since pretty much its inception. I stole her from my dentist. She used to call me every day going, you have an appointment, you got to be in. I'm like, yeah, and Erica has this, and Leanne, and your wife. And I'm like, Lindy, are you on commission? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> she goes, no. And I go, well, you should be. Get over here. <laughs> That's persistent. Persistence. Wendy is persistent. Wendy's put together a roll of half dollars. So you get a roll, you have 20 United States silver half dollars. So that's like getting 10 uh, silver dollars, right, silver-wise. Can't go wrong with that. I thought this looks cheap. You sure about the price on that? You think you get a roll of half dollars for $160? Really? Wendy, Wendy is very sure of this. All right. Well, we're going to do that. And then you're going to get uh, five one-tenth-ounce U.S. American $5 gold eagles. Those are about the size of a dime. So here you get a little mini survival package that... Uh, well, hopefully, if you're in Cleveland, you may need it to get on the bridge and get out of Dodge tonight. Great fractional stuff. Good fractional. You want incrementality in your portfolios. We've always constructed portfolios here with the mind that you may have to use them. In other words, you know, if you've got something that uh, uh, you may have to barter with or be able to swap them for other items that you may need, you may need the incrementality of it all. You've got a lot of pieces, so... A $20 gold piece might be a doctor bill or property taxes where you've got silver for loaves of bread and groceries, uh, maybe some of the smaller gold for, again, if you go to a dentist or whatnot. And, um, of course, that would be ultimately in a collapsed economic society, and that will never happen here. But you're going to put in a roll of a half dollars and five American one-tenth ounce $5 U.S. gold eagles. If you look up and down the dial, these things cost you anywhere from 1200 to 1500 Normal price is a thousand bucks. Wendy's going to do them for nine and a quarter delivered. Call one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two and say, "Give me the Wendy special." We'll watch the world in the Cuyahoga River tonight. God bless everybody. We'll see you again.
Patriot Radio News Hour, Lance Corporal Lopez and Eric Cedarstrom. We're out of here, sir. Bye now.